What is more difficult, applying to medical school or applying for a residency? Why is it important to be flexible? How do setting low expectations create less disappointment as a spouse of a medical student? And what is the Medical Student Alliance? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Annie, spouse of a recent graduate here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. All right, I have another great guest today on our podcast, Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. Hello, Annie. How are you? Good, thank you. And now, Aunt Annie is not a medical student, but she's married to one, and we're going to talk about that. All right. So, does he prefer Peter or Pete? Did you clarify this before you came over here? He, with everyone, he goes by Pete, and I have always called him Peter. Okay. But now we have a son named Peter, so Pete's great. Fantastic. <laughs> so okay. So let's start in the beginning. How did you meet Peter? We actually met in junior high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> we sat in English class near each other, and he always likes to say that I remember the guy who sat on the other side of him, but I don't remember him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we met, yeah, in eighth grade and kind of went through junior high and high school together, always knowing each other, and then um, struck up a relationship senior year of high school and kind of started hanging out and and then dated, yeah, for a while. And So this is very prophetic. So if you were together <laughs> since senior year of high school, you must have made decisions together where to go to undergrad. Um, yeah, so he, um, I actually wanted to go up to Utah State, had a scholarship up there, but felt like I needed to be down at BYU, and he he had signed with UVU, he was playing baseball there. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I went to BYU, it'd be closer, and so I went there, he went to UVU, we dated for a year, mm-hmm. and then he was off to serve an LDS mission for two years, where we wrote letters back and forth. And Where'd he go? He went to um, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, so okay. New Jersey. All right, so you didn't have to worry about the letters getting lost in the mail, per se. Not really, no. I mean, Sending now, care packages were reasonable rates. Yes, 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 they were. And yeah, now you can email. Back then, the rules were a little different with missionaries. So mm-hmm. I, we wrote physical letters, and I was looking through the book the other day. It was so fun to see, like, oh my gosh, we have a lot of history. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's fun. And then, so uh, when did you get married? So uh, we got married in December of 2010. Okay. I was able to graduate that same month and um, work through his undergrad. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we always kind of knew that medical school would be the plan. Well, yeah, so that was my next question. Like, So when did that, I mean, was that clear back in junior high school? Did Pete start talking about med school? No, his dad's a a doctor, Mm -hmm. and so I knew he always was interested in the field, but when he got back from his mission, he... Uh, you know, kind of dabbled in other things to make sure it's really what he wanted. And so mm-hmm. um, I think it was maybe six months to a year after we were married that he for sure decided that medical school was the plan. Okay. So. Uh, and did you, do you come from a background of medicine or healthcare? No. no. Uh, my brother actually just finished his residency. Or, okay. Yeah, finished his residency this last year. So he's just a couple years ahead of us. But that's the only one for my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I have like great uncles or something. Right. But Well, the reason why I was asking is, you know, it sounds like P- Peter comes from a background in medicine. Mm-hmm. When this discussion, when the decisions were being made, did you have any hesitation? Like, oh, you know, like there's because there's an image of like physicians and maybe like you, you glean some knowledge from Peter's family. But do, I mean, yeah. were you hesitant at all? Uh, no, his his parents were very open about what it was like for them and that it wasn't an easy path. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I knew, I always was said, whatever makes you happy. I want you to be happy. I want to be able to stay home 
and take care of kids. That's kind of what I always wanted to do. And so I wanted him to be in a profession where he was going to be happy and make enough money that he could support us that I could be home. So if doctoring was it, then mm-hmm. that was great with me. All right. So like you're all in. Like, yeah. oh, this is, oh, we're getting on the medicine yeah. medicine train. It's leaving the station. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he starts applying to schools. Um, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, you know, he got into other schools, but mm-hmm. eventually ended up here. Yes. Like, like help us, like walk us through that. Was that was that really stressful? It was. Uh, it was was so it more stressful. stressful applying to medical school, or was it residency, or is it just all different sorts of stress? Totally medical school. We were talking okay. the other day about the MCAT, and he said that was the hardest. I mean, and you think back to step one and step two, and all those tests that you continue to take. But I think the MCAT was the first, mm-hmm. and it was really scary. And you know, we wanted the best score so that he could get into the best school, and you know, that was best for us. So we were actually waitlisted here at the Mm -hmm. U and um, we were headed to Kentucky of all places and it was out of state tuition and it was really expensive but I have family there so I was really excited I was excited to be near my brother and my nieces and nephews and so um, anyway, we were putting in all, it all in there and kind of waiting to hear back. And then we came to second look day. We heard, I think, right before, the day yes, before second look I remember day. That. Yeah. And I was able to come that year and come see it. And that really solidified for me that this would be a great place. So, so our gain was Kentucky's loss. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that when I, I when you start interviewing for residency programs, if, mm-hmm. you, if, you, if you ventured forth out there. Okay. So you get into the U, um, and then... You did you guys move closer to campus? Because yes. I, I remember you were originally, ba- you're, you know, you were down in Utah County. Yes, so, okay. uh-huh. we were down there for his undergrad, and our families are down there. Um, he had some grandparents who were leaving on an LDS mission and were leaving a house up here in mm. Salt Lake, and asked us to take care of it. So that was Sweet. another draw yeah. for you was that we would have free housing for eighteen months while they were gone. <laughs> well, free, but you know, we had to take care of the place and stuff. But that's awesome. It was really nice. So, um, jumping from undergrad, where. You know, both you and Peter are studying. It's fairly busy. How was it a big jump up into the medical school? I mean, like, did like what were his hours like? You know, were you seeing him far less? Did it just seem much more intense? Like, how would you describe that? Yeah, so when he was in his undergrad, he held a part-time job. I was working full-time, but he actually, we had one child at that point, our daughter, and he would actually take her so that I could go into the office and work some time because I worked from home, but I would go into the office and he, I would say it was more like half and half of what we spent with our daughter. He spent half the time, I spent half the time, we had time together in the evenings. And so that was a huge change when we mm-hmm. came to medical school because that is not how it was. Um, I, I transitioned out of working when we moved up here. And so I was home full time with our daughter um, and he was at school full time, mm-hmm. so um, I don't know if you want to hear like a schedule. Yeah, I mean, like, like, w- w- it was it possible with the young child at home for him to study at home? Yeah, or was he a more of a library studier? And then, like, how many hours was he putting in a week? So. Um, I'd, I'd have to calculate those hours, but his daily schedule was, he, we had a little study at home, so he would leave before our daughter was up, which was smart because, you know, once the baby's up and it's harder to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he would leave before we woke up. So, you know, between 6 and 7 a.m., he would head out of the house, come to campus, study all day. And then he we knew that we could expect him home by 6.30. And that's when we had dinner together as a family. And he would help me get our children down. Mm-hmm. We had one child for a while, and then we had another. So he would help me get them down during first and second year. And then he would go back to studying. So we would have him between 6.30 and 8 was family time. And then um, once our daughter was down, he'd go back to it. Mm-hmm. And so and put in a couple more hours that night before bed. So, yeah, he was putting in a lot of hours. But mm-hmm. I think the key... And it sounds like a lot more than undergrad days. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> a ton more. Um, 
I think the key for us was just that we knew we could count on him. Mm -hmm. For those, he said, I will be home at 6.30, and I said, I will have dinner ready, and then we'll spend some time with our daughter, and you help me get her to sleep, or our son when he arrived as well, help me get them down for bed, and then you can go back. And so that was pretty typical, just a couple hours with them every day. What would you do on the weekends? On the weekends, um, as long as it wasn't a test weekend... Uh, he would usually say, I will take off one night of studying. So a Friday night or a Saturday night so that we could have a little date night, okay. whether it was out or in or whatever. Um, so, we, yeah, he did that. He studied all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was just like every other day to us. Mm-hmm. But then um, we decided that... So he was out of the house, though. He would come up here. Yes, yeah, he right, would. Right. Yeah, it was hard if he was home. We had a little study but had glass windows um, <laughs> for a while. So our daughter you know, could somehow see him. not realize yes. that he did study. Yeah. Well, and then, let's, let's play. Time yes, to play. Why are, why are you here and <laughs> yeah, not playing right, with yeah. me? Um, but then we moved and didn't even have a study in our next apartment. And so... Yeah, he would just come to campus. It was just easier for him to focus Mm -hmm. while he was on campus. Um, But then we decided together that Sunday would be a family day and a day for religious worship Mm -hmm. for our family. So, um, yeah, he'd never studied on Sundays, and that was really nice. It was the one day that we knew we had all to ourselves as a family. Because a lot of the tests are on Monday. Not not all of them, but I think most of them are probably on Monday. Yeah, yeah. and that made for a very stressful Sunday night because Mm -hmm. he would start thinking, oh my gosh, I spent the whole day with my family. I haven't even looked at what, mm-hmm. you know, I'm supposed to do, but that was just a commitment that he felt like he wanted to make. And yeah. would he start studying after the kids went to bed on Sunday or no? no? Okay. Mm-hmm. All, right. No. All right. He would get super stressed. Cause again, I've, I've, I've talked to various people with different interpretations. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, oh, after the kids are to bed or when the sun goes down. Yes, kind of like, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's just whatever works for you. And yeah. that was kind of what I'm, I, yeah, I don't, he, he may have it randomly at sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. if he really felt ill prepared, but he would get stressed whether he was prepared or not. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of took it upon myself to say, okay, try to distract him, you know. Let's do something fun. The kids go down, you mm-hmm. know, let's let's hang out. Let's watch a show. Let's do something so that you're not focusing on this test that you have yeah. tomorrow. I love that, Annie, because I think inherently, um, you know, in, in relationships, the other partner um, picks up signs and cues mm-hmm. regarding stress. Yes. And going through medical school is, is fairly stressful. <laughs> so, like... Uh, like so, what 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 were like what were some of the things you know you kind of mentioned some, but like what were some of the things you did to help alleviate that stress? Um, you know, we well we laugh about it, but on Sunday nights I would always say I'll give you a stress relieving massage. So we'd put the kids down, I'd rub his shoulders, scratch his head, okay. whatever he needed, you know, and we'd laugh about put it. Put on because, Enya. Yes, yeah. exactly. Some mood, you know, yeah. music. But I I don't know that that really relieved stress, but he knew that I was trying, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'd try to distract him talking about other things, mm-hmm. and just remind him that remember this is a commitment that we've made, and you may feel stressed about tomorrow morning, but I am very grateful that you spent the whole day with us, with me, with the kids with mm-hmm. our families that we would go and see on Sundays sometimes. So mm-hmm. I just try to remind him and say, you know what, you mm-hmm. actually are prepared. Remember, he studied all Saturday and yeah. he studied mm-hmm. all week. So just try to relieve that stress for him in any way I could. So I, I like how you said kind of distracting. So doing mm-hmm. different type of activities that were not necessarily medically related. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. um, did you help him study at all? I mean, did you like help like with flashcard creation or kind of quiz him or would you kind of take the book and kind of, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. He, um, he would make his own flashcards. He felt that that was part of the studying and getting the knowledge ingrained, but he would help. I, he would hand me flashcards or like note, 
sheets of paper that he wrote tiny little things on, <laughs> and I can't pronounce anything. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, this just makes me feel like an idiot when we're studying. <laughs> I'm helping you study, but I'm like, I start saying the word, you know, and he finishes it for me. So maybe that helped. But uh, yeah, I did quiz him when he felt like he needed it, and, and that was another fun way to spend time together, but that he could still be studying mm-hmm. and help me feel part of the loop. You know, of the things he was doing. That's great. That's yeah. great. Now, when second year started, you know. My perception, I mean, the jokes I make, I make a lot of jokes in my brain. So, um, you know, first year of med school, you're going like 35, 40 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And then second year is more like eh, 50, 60 miles per hour <laughs> in terms of like amount of material and mm-hmm. things you need to cover. And then there's like, there's a pretty big test at the end of second year. Mm-hmm. Did you notice a jump in the studying or the stress or was it pretty the same as the first year? Um, you know, the schedule was the same, whether I know classes change from mm-hmm. like morning to afternoon or the other way around. Um, but his schedule was the same. He was gone from the home so that didn't really change I think our life circumstances changed we had a baby like during finals week of first year Mm -hmm. and so I was dealing with a new colicky you know little baby Mm -hmm. and so I think that circumstance changed for me I was busier than just having one child Um, but yeah I do and I I especially remember the stress of step one approaching Mm -hmm. and that was really stressful and yeah you could tell he was more stressed and maybe studying a little more but I would say his schedule still stayed the same he was very good about making sure that I had those two hours in the evening and the kids had those two hours with him. Mm-hmm. So I, his less stress level is probably higher, but uh, <laughs> his schedule for us seemed the same. So, so talking about schedule, third year. Mm. So third year has a whole bunch of different rotations, surgery, psychiatry, family medicine, pediatrics, and they all have different cultures, different start times, mm-hmm. different end times. Yeah. <laughs> How did you did you like the consistency of the first two years, mm-hmm. or I mean, how did you feel about it? So that that was hard because just as you're figuring out something, it changes on you, you know. Mm. And I think that so was, you get a rhythm going. Yes, and then, yeah. Then you switch. And someone asked me the other day, like, which year was the hardest? And I really couldn't say. I just said every time there was a change, you know, when when something, you know, when step one was approaching and maybe his studying had to go to a little more, that was hard. And then from second, when third year started and the schedule was all different, that was hard. There was just these transition times of trying to figure out what worked. Mm -hmm. Um, And third year, that happens every six weeks. Yeah, four to six weeks, it (laughs) switches. Yeah, It just totally switches. So that year, we kind of shifted gears and I, I had to really be better about being flexible. Mm. And um, we didn't have a newborn anymore at that point, which was nice so that I could, you know, just do things with my kids. And and if he could come great and if he couldn't, Mm -hmm. then... We just did without him, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's definitely a test of your you know ability to be flexible mm-hmm. and okay with. It can be very good. disruptive because um, you don't know. Well, you kind of know when he needs to leave the hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he needs to get to the hospital in yes. the morning. Uh-huh. But at night, my experience has been it's very variable. You know, especially totally. during the rotations where there are procedures or surgeries mm-hmm. going on. Because some you know, you know, you don't leave at five. You kind of stay in the OR <laughs> until, until the case done. is complete. Yes. And, and things can happen in the OR, and mm-hmm. things can drag on much later, and then you're kind of at the whims of the residents or attendings, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, you're helping out the team. So, so yeah, I, I can, and then the weekends are completely yes. variable. Yeah, so, it can be yeah. like it can be like a regular weekday every day of the weekend, <laughs> which can be hard. Um, I think one thing that helped as we adjusted into that is that I realized. Um, that he would do his best to be home when he could. Mm-hmm. And as long as I trusted him on that, that it wasn't like he was staying longer than he needed to. I know there were times when he'd come home and say, some of my, you know, 
the attending or whoever said, you can go, you're free to go. And some of his peers would say, I'm going to stick around just because they wanted to go the extra, extra mile mm-hmm. and, and show that they were really committed. And I think that was great. And yet I appreciated that he said, you know what? The attending said I could go. I do my very best. I put it all in while I'm here. But if he said I can go, then I have a family that I can get home to. Yeah. And I appreciated that just because I knew that if he could be with us, he would be. And if, if he didn't feel like he could leave, then I trusted that and that that was, his, that was what be- was best for his education. And so I think that helped me to just feel like if he's not here, he wants to be, but he can't be. Mm-hmm. And so we would just move on and be okay with that. <laughs> Did you start forming opinions based on, you know, his availability and if he was stressed or, you know, how, how tired he was? Did you just start forming opinions about these different fields of medicine? Um, yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. I think I was a little scared with how much he enjoyed surgery. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. no, don't enjoy this. All right. Um, so what do you know. like? I mean, let's talk about that. Yeah. So what, what do you like about it? And yeah, um, how did that go, like, when he talked to you about that? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we really uh, looked for when he was through the rotations we started realizing was, was who he was surrounded with and how he got along with them. And there is kind of a culture in each yep. little, you yep. know, he, he would go to, you know, some things he thought he'd really like and he would go to and say, you know, I really didn't get along with the people there. They weren't my people, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't they his were tribe. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They were great people. They were fun to work with, but he was didn't feel buddy buddy. They weren't his tribe. So I think in surgery, you know, a lot of times they're kind of that athlete type where he, you know, he was in baseball and he got along with those types of people mm-hmm. and loved that. And mm-hmm. and he loved the OR working with his hands, and he just thought it was so cool to see everything that's going on. Um, but in the end, he just thought, you know. I, I could do this. I would love it. Um, but I don't know that I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And it, and if that wasn't the only thing that he felt pulled towards, then I said, let's, let's continue exploring then because that's a very hard road. Mm-hmm. And if that's not, if that was the only thing that you felt fulfilled by and you really wanted to do it, I would be supportive. But if it's not, then let's explore some of the other options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when he m- went to family medicine, we w- we did a rural rotation mm-hmm. in Kanab, Utah, and he loved it. He was and, and we always knew that that was a big possibility because his father and his grandfather and possibly his great-grandfather, I think. And possibly his great-great-grandfather. Right. <laughs> I think it only went to his great-grandfather. Who was they, William Osler. Yes. <laughs> they were all family medicine yes. doctors. And mm-hmm. so he was really pulled towards that and always grew up thinking that's what a physician mm-hmm. was. And so I was I was excited that he felt very fulfilled by that. Did he... It sounds like he might have felt torn during third year because he liked yes. other fields. Yeah. Um, that were not family medicine. Yes. So yeah. I, I assume there was a lot of discussion oh, with yes. you about Tons. this because uh-huh. it's about this is about career choice. It's about path. It is. Yeah. It's about the future and yeah. figuring out. Yeah. So we were really we really tried to stay in tune with each other to have him come home and tell me about his day and you know what he liked about the day and and I kind of saw a pattern that every time he had a great conversation with a patient is when he came home and felt like, oh my gosh, this was the best day, is that I talked to a patient, I helped them through their problem. And um, so he would say, you know, family, people would say, well, family medicine is only this or only this. And, and he could say, and I could remind him that actually it's, you know, talking to people and helping them through their problems, whatever those problems may be. And I, and psychiatry was a big pull for a while. I know. Oh yeah. Really I remember talking that. to him about that. Yeah. yeah he, well, there's a, there's a lot of psychiatry in family medicine. There yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I would remind him that, yeah. you know, you can do a wider range of things. I think if he had went straight to family, he would have, or I mean, straight to psychology, he would have had a hard time because he wanted to do some other things too. And mm-hmm. so I, we would remind him of that, that in family medicine, there's a lot you can, you can even do I, OB. We explored yep. that for a while. He there's was a lot of procedures. Yeah. Yes. There's procedures and there's counseling and, mm-hmm. you know, a, some, a psychiatry aspect and all those different mm-hmm. things. So 
So a lot of discussions. Uh, how did how did the family weigh in at all, or did they keep good boundaries? His dad, Cause, yeah. Okay, because like you know, like if if you come from a legacy of a certain field, yes, you know, it's just it's just different for people, and it's hard to kind of talk about it and navigate it, and yes. and I'm and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they have like clinics that they envision Peter taking over one day or being in, or, or you know what I'm saying. So yeah, I'm just no, curious how that kind of. We're in a good me. position because his dad, his, his dad's dad, wanted him to come and join his practice, and his dad felt like he had better options other places, and so he didn't join his dad, and so he's very sympathetic to Pete in mm-hmm. that way, and that he realizes that he didn't join his dad, and so it may not be what's best for our family and for my husband, Pete, mm-hmm. at the same time. They're all named Peter, so it gets confusing. <laughs> um, he's very sympathetic to that, and he never wanted to put any pressure on. In fact, for a long time, we were just like, I don't know if he, you know, Pete never knew. Like, if I chose family medicine, would my dad want me to come practice with him? Because he never said anything. Mm. And I think he was just waiting for Pete to make his own decision so that he didn't feel pressure at all. Mm-hmm. And once Pete was really all in on family medicine, then he said, you know, if you want to come you could join, you know, I'd be happy to have you. And he's been really nice about that. So I think it's really open. Mm -hmm. There may be a place here. We'll see, you know, when we're done with residency, if there's a place here or if there's somewhere else, then I think his family would be supportive of that. They're great. Sounds like it's more decisions need to be made down the road. We'll see. (laughs) Life is a winding road. We'll see what happens. (laughs) All right. So third year is wrapping up. Um, Peter's feeling really good about family medicine. You're feeling good about family medicine. What was your... Uh, what were your applic- what was your application strategy for residency? Where, how did you guys approach that? What did you how did you value certain things over others? Mm-hmm. What, what did you guys do? So I was pregnant and due with a baby during interview season of fourth year during re- residency interviews. So I went with him in July when I was largely pregnant. We mm-hmm. went to the there's a convention in Kansas City that all the family medicine the Super programs. Bowl I call yes, it yes, yes. everyone is there everyone from is family there. medicine yeah. yeah and I knew that I wouldn't be able to go and um, scope out really things with him during the interview process so. I went with him to that, and we had a list of things we wanted. He wanted a small community because we, after um, going to Kanab during third year, we thought practicing in a rural community is definitely something that our, we could see our family doing. So we looked for those community-based programs that were going to train him all the way around. A lot of the other, some like academic programs focus more on research and maybe less procedures, or I mean, it just mm-hmm. depends on the program. But we really wanted something that would give him a well-rounded um training so that we could go anywhere and he would feel comfortable delivering babies or, Mm -hmm. you know, doing procedures or doing whatever if we were going to go. So as a couple, did you kind of go through all the booths together or did you kind of like divide and conquer? You go your way and then you kind of, oh yeah, I talked to him too. Let's compare notes and oh, they, you know, they... And I, I know everyone was, like, pushing swag in your hands. Yes, I guess. we yeah. got so much swag. Yeah. We came home and gave to our kids. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, we, we stuck together. We had an idea of places that we wanted to see and locations that we were okay with. Mm-hmm. And there, it's kind of nice because a lot of them, you know, all the Texas programs were down one aisle. And all the Washington oh. programs were down one aisle. Oh, they recreated, like, the United States map? That, well, well, it wasn't yet. You can I'm make that claim, of. Annie. You can <laughs> say, yes, it, you know, yeah. they laid it out. It was the shape of the different states, <laughs> the booths. No, that yeah. would have been cool, though. That would have been cool. But, no, they had all the whammy programs so you know washington Mm. idaho western united states Mm. were kind of in one place and then you know Mm. we went down the texas aisle and and we were interested in north carolina for whatever reason we've always been 
thought that would be really cool to live there. So we went down and saw some of their programs. So we had an idea, and we actually found some that weren't really on our our list that we went and looked at. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was it was great to get a feel for going and talking. And, you know, me being there, you really get a feel for how family-friendly. Yeah. And family medicine is great. I think almost every program is family-friendly. But a lot of the people said, hey, if you're if you're around and want to come to the interview, we, you are welcome. We will mm-hmm. set you up with spouses for lunches so you can talk to them. And they were all very nice. And that helped us feel like, okay, these programs really are okay with us coming. And a, one of our big questions was, do any of your residents have families? Because we were pregnant with our third mm-hmm. and knew that we would be taking a, a family with us. And that was important to us that there were other residents, you know, who might be in our same position instead of just, oh, no, everyone here is single. You would be the only married guy with a family, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to kind of get a feel for. Awesome. So the big Super Bowl, the big events in, in July in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and that really kind of sounds like it helps kind of drive your decision yes. what you know what uh, residencies to actually apply for. Uh-huh. So how many did you apply for? I think that we did 13. 13. Yes. Okay. So the interview offers start to trickle in. Mm-hmm. What was your strategy? Did you say yes to everything right away or So we 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 put, or did you end up canceling some interviews or Yeah, I think we did I think he did all the interviews. So I think Five, I had to have to count them. Four or five of those 13 were in Utah. Yeah. So that... Local programs. Yes, local programs. Um... And so I here I remember him putting his email on my phone so that his emails were coming through. And the second that he got an invite, I would go on because he was in a rotation where it was harder to get to his phone. So I would go on and schedule mm. his interviews. And so the power. I was yes, exactly. <laughs> I was his secretary there for a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in and would schedule them and tried to figure. out, You know, we had like two or three programs in Texas, so I tried to get those mm-hmm. in line with each other so that he could just have one flight down there, rent a car, drive around. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's we. He got a bunch of interviews. I think we didn't end up canceling any interviews. Mm-hmm. There were some that he thought, you know, maybe I'm not as interested. But when it's already scheduled and, you know, it'd be like one program down in Texas and he was going for three. And so it's like, why cancel one when our flights are already, yeah. you know. So, and we didn't feel like we overdid it. Mm-hmm. I know we have friends who said that they they applied to a lot more. Well, I think there's this anxiety that drives yes. decisions. Because yes. people... You know, and rightfully, it's it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. So, like, people don't want to feel like, oh, I didn't apply enough because yes. you need to apply. The more programs you apply to, the more likely you are to get interview offers. Mm-hmm. The more interview offers you get, the more likely you are to match in the program you want to. So, yes. like, there's like this algorithm, but people tend to overshoot because yes. I think that people are just very, very nervous about not matching. Yes. You know? Well, and Pete got, you know, I think. 12 interviews out of those there was one place that didn't offer an interview oh and so that place not so good yeah no no this is peter for whatever reason they Mm -hmm. didn't think he was an interesting applicant Mm -hmm. i think he got waitlisted to interview or something Mm -hmm. but so we only interviewed at 12 Mm -hmm. but um yeah that was we interviewed at all of them and and did you get to go with them to like at least the utah ones i did go because like there's usually a dinner the night before Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to meet like the spouses or families I think I only went to one dinner mm-hmm. of one of the Utah programs. Um, oh, I hope Peter brought dinner back home <laughs> back to, you. to yeah. me. You know, so well, we had, order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a daughter. I was just like 
up all night. You know, mm. we had this brand new newborn, so it was a little harder for me to do anything. But I did go to an interview with him that was right before Christmas, and it was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And so we dropped our kids off with my grandmother, who's in Boise, and then mm. we flew from Boise to Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, so, even though on the map it looks close, but it, that's actually very actually, far. Yes. It's a really killer drive too. Yeah. I've made that drive a couple times, <laughs> and it's not a straight shot. It's no, very it's windy yes. up and down, uh-huh. and like it takes a while. twenty miles because you go through all these little towns. You have to drop yeah. down to twenty miles per hour. And then, yes. You know, we're used to doing the trip to Boise, though, so I have family that's, there. That's so. a better straight shot. Yes. yes so yes. we went there, dropped our kids off, flew, went in for a day or two with our little two-month-old attached to me. and Anyway, we went. So I did get to go on that one interview. And then I went on a second look with him as well to mm. one of our top programs that we were looking at in Indiana. Mm. And it was just far for us to be moving. And so we wanted to. I wanted to go and make sure that well, that's something. Well, you, you, were at our se- you were at our second look day for medical school. What does yeah. a second look day look for a residency program? Um, it's different for every program. This mm-hmm. program had specific days that they did, and they did like an Olympics. So they Ooh. they split you into teams, and you had a specific color you were supposed to wear. And they had a big thing. They had a bowling night the night before, and then Olympics the next day. And like like Olympics, as far as who can like remove this mole and stitch it up, or like literally <laughs> no. jumping into a swimming pool and swimming as fast no, as you can. No, not even that. They okay. called it the Olympics, but it was more like how many saltine crackers can you eat, and you know, oh, like okay. funny things. Um, they they put on like. <laughs> Like things that you make a fool of yourself, you know, kind of minute to win it sort of thing. Oh my goodness! There was a taboo where you did they prep you ahead of time? (laughs) Because if I showed up to, I I would think like you know people were wearing you know nice clothes and like it's a semi formal event and (laughs) no, no, and then like all of a sudden like eat this. You know, (laughs) we've all been there, Annie. Like I, I. I can devour a sleeve of Girl Scout cookies with the best of them, right? But, like, in front of other people. Right? Yeah. Who are, like, potentially, yeah. It was a little... I I was actually had my daughter, and I went and walked around a children's museum, so I missed some of it. But they told us that this is, like, a fun relay race kind of day, so wear tennis shoes and, you know, exercise clothes, and they prepped us. Did it help this program or not help this program? They're a really fun program. Oh, okay. So I was about to say, like, again, it's kind of different. It's 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 totally different. It's a little on the weird side. And you get to know the people in a different way than you would in a more formal setting. But I think that was just their style. They Mm -hmm. like to be fun. Everyone there was fun-loving. And so I think some of the residents were like, they do it every year, you know. They're like, oh, this again. And, you know, there was one girl on our team that was like, I'm a poor sport. I'll admit it. I don't like coming, you know. And there were others that were like, they just live for this. It was so fun. Uh Their team won every year, you know. Well, um, you know, just jumping ahead a little bit, uh, I hope Pete takes this knowledge and he can maybe bring this to his residency program yeah, and just yeah, kind of ideas. Build. all right so this is fascinating okay so uh peter's done with all of his interviews mm-hmm. and like who's the keeper of the knowledge I, I were you like were you making an excel spreadsheet was he taking notes like how did you because like well, you know how did you come up with the list the rank list like was it was it kind of multiple little just discussions over time, or did you have this one big meeting where it was like a date night and you just like <laughs> talked about it, each program in depth? How'd you how'd you guys do that? Yeah, we had a little of each of that. After mm-hmm. every program, he would call me and we'd discuss it when he got home, and um, we kind of just naturally gravitated towards about five programs that we really knew were our top choices. Um, and even beyond that, there was really in the end there was really three that we were like you know, back and forth three, which, mm. how, what order do we rank them? But, but really five programs. Um, and one night the, the, we just kind of gravitated that way. He did keep an Excel sheet and, you know, I would put some input in it and he did like a numerical ranking system. Mm. And, and so we looked at that, but we knew in the end we wouldn't go by the numbers. We'd kind of go more by our feeling. So we took those five programs. We set out like the 
binder folder things that they had given for us and we had them all laid out on the floor and we kept switching the orders like mm. okay so how do we feel about this one and and pete why is that one so high like when you talked to me after that interview you didn't love it so why why is it in your mind are you coming back to it and, and ranking it so high and so we went back and forth um a little bit and and even I, I kind of was like set on one program and I was like, he's going to come around. This is number one. I know he's going to, and he didn't, he mm-hmm. ended up saying no, that that one ranked number two, mm-hmm. which is funny because I was just certain that that's where we were going to rank. We were going to rank that program number one and we would end up there. But, um, anyway, he, we, he went to a second look at another program and loved that. No one. Olympics though. No Olympics, yeah, no, okay. and they didn't even have a formal second look. So oh. he just said, "I'd like to come back for okay. a second look," and they said, "Great." As dean of missions, I know that well. Yes, yes. yeah. And yeah. so he just said, "Great, we'll we'll mm. accommodate you." And he actually, his dad went with them on that trip. Oh, fun! Yeah, because it was the place that I had already been, and so okay. I had already seen it. So he went back with him, and they. It sounds like a sounds themselves. like a great movie in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my dad. Yeah, that's okay. All right. So okay, so you only end up wrecking five. No, we didn't rank five. Okay, just, we just had a clear. Oh, okay, because I was about five. to say like that's gutsy. You know? No, yeah. no. Okay, we ranked every program that okay. he interviewed at. Right. So we ranked twelve programs, um, but there was just for whatever reason we just had a clear five in our mind mm-hmm. that we knew, and even a clearer three. Mm-hmm. We knew four and five would be down there, and the three would. Yeah, we just had to order. Did you have access to the list, the, the official list? I mean, would you log in? I didn't. He okay. had it on his phone, All and right. he joked about just giving it to me and letting me do it and then being surprised. Uh, there are some people that do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, I think if he had been really undecided Every relationship is different. Yeah, Every couple is different, yes. No, he came home um, from one of his second looks and said, this is it. And I said, okay, that's right. great. I'm happy with that. And so we ranked that one number one and then another one number two and number so, three. So it gets submitted. Yeah. You know, and obviously it takes a month to run the computer algorithms, mm-hmm. which I totally think is hogwash. But, you know, I don't know why they make everyone wait a month. During that time, second thoughts, really anxious, mm-hmm. or is it just, you know, you guys are cool as ice? <laughs> well, I think he felt, you know, anxious. There's always that, like, oh, my gosh, I ranked them one, and they said they would rank me one, but did they? And, mm-hmm. you know, and there's always kind of that. But um, we were comfortable with all to- our top three. A lot of the programs, and most of the programs we interviewed at, we thought, we could be happy here. These are great programs. And the fact that we had a hard time numbering those three meant that we were going to be happy at any of our top three. And for family medicine, that's very likely that you'll, mm-hmm. for I know for the U students, they will match. Especially if someone three. as awesome as Peter. <laughs> Peter is awesome. He's super awesome. Well, yeah. We felt we felt pretty good that the, one of those top three would be ours, and, and even that our number one should would, would work out. So. All right, so the Monday before match day, you get, he gets the email that he did match. Yes. Were you worried at all leading up to that, or you felt pretty... Not really. Okay, he got right, the email right. So it's kind of like, a formality. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, it's fair. All right, so match day's on Friday. Guys sleep the night before, anxious, or... You know, I didn't expect to, but we were... He was tossing and turning, and I was too. I mm-hmm. just didn't sleep that well. It's kind of like the future just hangs in the air, and you mm-hmm. can feel it, and you just couldn't, couldn't sleep that well. So we okay. kind of tossed and turned all night. All right. <laughs> match day, who's there? Is the is the the legacy of all, are all these physicians there from his side of the family? You know, Pete's grandfather passed away um, a couple okay. of years ago, so he wasn't able to make be there. But he was there his, in spirit. He yeah. was there in spirit, yes. And his parents came. Okay. My parents came. Right. Our kids were there. We mm. wanted them there. Eating sugar, going crazy with all the snacks. Yes. They had a lot of treats <laughs> they there. Had some, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So we were all there, just ready and excited, and 
everyone, I think, knew what we had ranked number one. So oh, okay. So that wasn't a secret from the family. Not really. Okay. I mean, I, initially, I think Pete was like, I didn't want to, but he felt pretty confident he, that it was going to, and even if it wasn't, we were okay with our families knowing that it was our second choice. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were going to worry about being too embarrassed or anything that we didn't get our top choice. They were all good programs. Bunch of speeches, then they cut the red ribbon. Yes. So what, <laughs> what was Pete's MO? Did he just go up there, grab the envelope, come back? Did he, he did. open it on his own? Did he have you open it? Well, how did that unfold? No, he just went and grabbed it. He was holding our son. He went and grabbed it, came back. Had your son open it? No, yeah. I know, no. Yeah. He was just holding him, opened it, and kind of said, you know, there it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. Matter of fact, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that, Peter. All right, so, all right, so where are you guys going? We're going to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Coeur d'Alene, yes. awesome. It's called Kootenai Health. Kootenai Health. Yep. All right, so tell us why. Sell the program. Why was this your top choice? What would you like about it? What you what he liked about it? What you like about it? Yeah. Well, I think what made it so perfect for us is just because of our story. We both grew up here in Utah. We thought for a while that we were going to leave for medical school, but then ended up staying. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful to be near family. Um, we've both grown up here, though, and wanted a little last adventure. You know, we could mm-hmm. we feel like we could settle here, but we could like it elsewhere, and we don't really know until we try it elsewhere. So we were really hoping, I think, to leave for residency just because it's a it's three years for family medicine. Mm-hmm. We knew it could be three years gone, and then if we want to come back, we can. So um, we looked at programs all over the country, including the Utah programs, which mm-hmm. was hard to not rank. They're great programs, yeah. all of them here in Utah. And so... But we just felt like for our family, we wanted to leave. But then we started looking at these programs in Indiana and Pennsylvania, and they are far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, oh, my gosh, when we flew there, we know there's a layover. It takes a whole day to get there. And I thought about doing that with three kids on my own if he couldn't come. So Coeur d'Alene started looking better and better because Mm -hmm. it's close to home, close-ish, right? Um, It's the west. But, yes, it's still in the west, but it's it's still away from Utah, which is um, not like there's anything wrong with Mm -hmm. Utah. But just for our circumstances, we wanted to have a little adventure for our family. So lots of fun outdoor stuff to do up there. It's gorgeous. So gorgeous. We visited the the week before Christmas. So it was cold. The snow had actually just melted, but they had had snow and you know, not, it was still beautiful. The Mm -hmm. lake was still beautiful. The mountains are there. And so anyway, we loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he went back for his second look in February, again, it was freezing, but he hiked around in the freezing cold weather and just Mm -hmm. loved it. It's beautiful up there. I'm so excited. All right, Annie, last few questions. This Mm -hmm. has been great. Uh, First question, as you look back, um, as people are listening to this podcast and their loved ones are going to go to med school, what advice would you give them? How do they support them as they kind of go through this journey, this process? That's admittedly very roller coaster-ish, right? Yes. There are good yeah. days and bad days and peaks and valleys. And mm-hmm. how, how do you, how would you, what's some, what's some advice you would give those people? Well, um, looking back and especially through like this residency process and all through medical school, I think um, my mindset was never that it was his experience. Mm. It's it's our experience. And I think that has helped me to not feel like, oh, he's off studying and enjoying and learning all these new things and I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing. For me, it's being home with the kids. For someone else, it may be working their own job or or being in medical school themselves. I know we have a lot of couples um, that are both in medical school, but whatever it is that you have, that what he his thing is not more important than my thing. This is our journey together. Um, medical school it has been our experience, and I think that's helped me um, 
support him in that it's, I want him to do well. It's not that I'm, you know, he's choosing medical school over being with me or anything. It's that this is our experience and I want him to do well so that our family can continue to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's helped. It's, it is, it's, it's hard for us. I think expectations have been a big deal. Um, we, we didn't come in blindly. We'd had family mm-hmm. come through medical school and residency and said, it's hard. It's, it's not easy. And I think uh, talking to some friends, we said expectations are everything. If you set your expectations low, that it's going to be super hard, then you can be pleasantly surprised when they show up a little bit earlier than expected or, or when they don't have to study quite as hard for a test. But we just kind of, I mean, low expectations, but just that expectations are that it's going to be hard. I think did, that's helped. Did the discussion ever, I mean, and I, this, I think this happens a fair amount. Did the discussion ever kind of like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't the right path. Maybe I made a mistake. Oh, or, Honestly, all the time. Okay. <laughs> that, that's yeah, and what do you do? What do you do? Did you, I, I mean, like, I, again, like all relationships, all marriages, all, you know, everyone's a little different. And and I think there's this, always this tactic, you know, at least, you know, my person, like you either plan A, you just listen, mm-hmm. or plan B, you offer solutions, or mm-hmm. maybe C, a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, and I think every couple kind of navigates this. Because yeah. sometimes you don't want to, like, someone to, like, they just want you to listen. You yes. don't want them to like offer solutions, yes. you know? So what well, would you do? I really, yeah. I really can't offer solutions. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not like, Oh, well you should go back in there. And you know, I mean, well, I, I just have never I have this personal this. belief that Peter <laughs> still can make it as a baseball pitcher, you know? So I don't know if that ever <laughs> might be a bit rusty. After yeah. <laughs> so like, Oh, Pete, we could, let's go, let's go down to tryouts, you know, <laughs> you know with the bees. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I, I always, he, that's um, Pete's personality. is just, he, he does have moments of self doubt. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think just listening to him and then he needs a good reminder to say, you know what, you're awesome mm-hmm. and you're going to be okay. Okay. And, um, there were lots of moments and I, I hope, I mean, I hope people don't think that because you're going through this and you're questioning because it's a big deal. You're in a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. You know, we've moved our family up here. There's a lot of sacrifices that we've made and to say for moments of him saying, Oh my gosh, this is not what I want. You mm-hmm. know, that's scary. Yeah, this was really hard. Yeah, this is this is hard. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. And, and and to me, it's that when you like, it's not just like the the academic. It's also just like watching people die. Yes, and yeah. like and and dealing with jerks yeah. in the healthcare <laughs> yes, system yeah. or dealing with a very bureaucratic system uh-huh. and interacting with insurance companies. I mean, there's all yeah. these things that, that comprise the field mm-hmm. and it's very frustrating. So. Yes. And I think there, there were lots of moments when he just said, Oh dear, is this what I really want? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of too far in now, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, it, I knew I had deep convictions that this is the only field that he would be happy in and mm-hmm. that he would feel fulfilled in. And that helped me when he started questioning to not be feel like unsettled, like, oh my gosh, we moved our family and we have all this debt and he's questioning this. Mm-hmm. I knew that this is what he okay. would be best at. So you were kind of just, you were just very reassuring. Yeah. yeah. I just tried to listen. Talk him then, down just a bit. Yeah. Okay. Let's say, not make any big decisions yes, tonight. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's sleep. Yeah, let's not the email the Dean's office saying you no, want to withdraw he, from medical school. I don't know that yeah. he ever got to that point, but okay. there were just hard times with him feeling that way. And I just, reassured him reminded him that this is this is the best thing and it's okay to have these days and feel like i'm not sure if i like it today and that's okay you're not going to like your profession every single day you know mm-hmm. you're going to have days of not being so happy with it awesome. hard days, so. well i'm glad he has you a partner all right <laughs> uh last uh let's talk about the medical student alliance mm-hmm. am i saying that right yes the msa we call it msa yes. msa all right mm-hmm. so let's like what is this organization what's yeah. your relationship to it and let's 
Let's talk about it. Okay, so the MSA, the Medical Student Alliance, is organized under the UMAA, which is the Utah Medical Association Alliance. Okay. So it's like the spouses group of the UMA. And um, they do a lot of legislation mm. and, you know, lobbying and that kind of thing. Um, so they're involved in the policy and, you know, just trying to get the best things worked out for the UMA. Um, and then... When you say lobbying, so they're lobbying the state legislature yeah, or the med school itself? No, or? the state legislature, okay. which, right. I mean, and really, I haven't been involved in that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I should I should be, but with three kids, I keep busy enough. But there, there's um, lots of good, just things, you know, when things are important to Utah, um, that they go up there and lobby and make sure that what's, what's best for the medical profession is what's happening up at the Capitol. Um, but... Beside that, the the student association, I mean, at a student level, um, we just provide a support group. Mm-hmm. Um, we're spouses and significant others. We uh, get together. We have social nights, play groups for people with kids. Uh, we have a date night in February where we have a panel of doctors come and talk, and they just talk about strengthening marriage and relationships mm-hmm. during the medical training because it's a hard time. Um and so, yeah, I, I've made some of my best friends through the Medical Student Alliance. And um, and this is open to men and women? It yeah. is. Yeah. Um, we really have And did you have to be married many. or just, no. okay, a partner, so yeah. other? Okay, uh-huh. all right. Um, it's predominantly wives that, mm-hmm. that take to it. Um, but that's just because that's who's usually interested in it the most. Men tend to be lone wolves. Yeah. Yeah, much to our <laughs> detriment, I guess like you could say. Well, yeah. and they... And we would, I do always get a few, I've done recruiting for the last couple years, Mm -hmm. and I do always get um, some medical students who are women who come and say, I have a husband and I think this would be great for Mm -hmm. him, but I don't know if that's them saying this would be great for him or if they would really be interested, (laughs) you know, because it's never really turned into much. But all it takes is one husband to come and say, hey, I want to put together a pickup group, you know, where we go play pickup basketball or Or play video games. Yes, or play video games or uh, have. Sorry, I'm being very stereotypical here. I just have these images of like male activities. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, we'll I go know. watch uh, that action action adventure movies. Yeah. Yes, yeah. My, our wives are studying. Let's go out and do something yeah. fun. So it just takes one, and that's kind of the nature of MSA is that we pass on the presidency every year, mm-hmm. and the board cha- rolls over, and everyone's in new positions, and so it kind of just depends on who's there and mm-hmm. what they want out of it. I know in the past there's been cooking groups and book clubs and different things, and it's just whoever takes the lead and does it. I came in as a second year. I coordinated the playgroups because mm-hmm. I had kids and so every month we'd go out and do something fun get out together and whoever wanted to come with their kids could come um, the next year I was the co-president elect mm-hmm. so I was gearing up I planned um, some of the big events and gearing up to be the president this year and that's what I've been doing this year is being a co-president with one other um, wife and we've just been try to plan things and be a support group and do mm-hmm. fun things um, and just be there for each other it's a hard time and we we all it feels better when you have friends you know, yeah and, be yeah, and I get the sound like them. Just like how med students reach out to upperclassmen and women mm-hmm. to kind of give them counsel advice on the road ahead. I get yeah. the sense that with this, you know, if there's, you know, partners, spouses, husbands, that if there's advice to glean, like, oh, you know, you're about to enter third year, you know, this yes. this might happen or this might happen or you should kind of approach it like this. Yes, yeah. So exactly. I see that incredibly valuable. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, when I, when we were looking at financial things even I just would find someone who's been there and done it before like okay you have kids we have kids oh sorry just bumped that microphone it's okay. uh, we have kids we are trying to figure out you know how to navigate this and um, they it's such a great resource so friendships 
just that yeah advice can be passed along um so it's yeah it's great it's it's informal it's fun and we just yeah it's a good resource that not very many people know about so we'd well, like to get the word spread yeah i'm glad you can plug it you know and yes. i think you know we're not in this alone mm-hmm. um and i feel bad because like you know i've gotten feedback like oh you should start interviewing like significant others spouses mm-hmm. and like, oh that's a great idea yeah, you know so that. um you know, it takes it takes a village. It takes you know when you treat patients, and when you know it takes a healthcare team. It takes family. As physicians become doctor, I mean, as medical students become doctors, it takes so many people along the way, and no one does this alone. Mm-hmm. So, sure. the thing I'm sad about is is Utah's loss is Idaho's gain, and oh, uh, nice. I'm just so excited <laughs> for you guys to have this like next chapter in your life. Yeah, and I really hope you guys end up back in Utah too. Yeah. Yeah. And I do Idaho stuff a lot, so um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't told Peter this yet, though. But like, I want to open up Coeur d'Alene to for more of our med students do rotations up there. So he's yeah. going to be my little uh, tip of the spear. Yeah, you that's know? great. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a new program. Mm-hmm. It's fairly new, and um, I think that there's yeah a lot of room for that sort type of things. I said that to Peter the other day. I think you could come in, and you have a lot to add to this new program. Mm-hmm. You have some great ideas and things. So I'm sure he'd be happy to do that. So I think that the danger is going to be when they when he graduates, they're going to. Oh, would you like to stay? Yeah, but oh, I could see we, us up there. Yeah, it's you, so beautiful. Yeah, you'll so, you'll have see. to cross that bridge when you guys need yeah, to. We will. So, but these are great options. This is great. The future is so bright. Yeah. All right. Well, Annie, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you. It's fun to be here. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio online at thescoperadio.com.